0: So, church, you and I don't know each other all that well quite yet. But here's something you're going to learn about me pretty quickly. Um, I tend to forget things. And uh, for the life of me, I can't remember where I put my sermon last. So I don't know what's about to happen. So, how about we pray? God, we are grateful because you are good. You have called us to this place to dwell in your presence so that our lives so our lives, could know where we get our life. God, touch our hearts this morning by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as we hear these words, indeed, they may be yours. In Jesus' name, amen. So, church... As sure as I know that God is good, as sure as you and I are sitting here this morning worshiping, praising God, there are some crazy things happening in the world as we speak. I'll give you an example. Somewhere, there is someone sitting on their couch. Or they are driving in their car and the thought has just popped into their mind Woo! I could use some good Mexican food right now. Now, that's not the strange part. The strange part, and probably the most disturbing part is, they just got that thought, whoo, I could use some good Mexican food right now. And their next thought is, I can't wait to find a Taco Bell. world, there is somebody equating true, authentic, good Mexican food with Taco Bell. Strange things are happening in the world. Y'all with me? Now, I don't know if you pay attention to what Taco Bell does, but uh, they got their, they got their slogan now. Apparently things are changing in Taco Bell. They're changing their menu and they're trying all kind of Weird stuff, and then they got this slogan that says, when, when, "When you try all their weird stuff, when you when you go in and you eat their breakfast, Taco Bell serves breakfast." You know, when we say God is good all the time, I'm kind of wondering about breakfast at Taco Bell. But but they have the slogan, right? You've seen it, you've seen the commercials. What do they say? You come to Taco Bell so that you can learn how to. Live mas. Have you ever thought just how much a Gordita wrapped steak and cheese with rice and runny beans enchilada can help you live, Moss? I can think of some other things that'll make you do more, but I went there. <laughs> I know. Now, here's the here's bad thing about the whole live moss idea. The, the, the Taco Bell has this thought that if you could just get what they're giving to you, you can learn how to live moss. You and I know that's not true. It's not even real Mexican food. It's barely even food. But here's, here's what we've got to be careful We may know that Taco Bell cannot help us to live mas, but there are other things that we are taking in that we've bought that we think will help us live mas, that will help us have a better life, if you will. Maybe it has nothing to do with food. Maybe it has nothing to do with something you do every day, but it's something in our mind, something that somebody somewhere has told us. You just got to know how to do this. you got to set your mind up to do that. you got to work to do this. You've got to get that so that you can live much. You can get more out of life. There are plenty of us who are believing that lie, not from Taco Bell, but from some other place. As the church, we should be aware. Because live, Moss, God said that first. Some of us have this idea that when we take on a life of faith, when we become a Christian, when we confess that Christ is Lord, that now everything has got to change And now we've got to follow God, chained and bound, but with joy in our hearts because God wants to keep us down. God wants to keep us in check. God doesn't want us happy. God doesn't want our life to be filled with anything other than rules and rules and more rules. That is a real thing people believe about God but if you were listening to what Jesus said today, there's no way that you can believe that. Over the last several weeks, we've been reading as Jesus is going back and forth with some of the religious leaders of his day. And at first, as he begins talking with the people, he says, I'm the bread of life. The people say, hey, we want that bread. Give it to us. He goes on and on. He says, well, I am the bread of life. I'm the bread that came down from heaven. Now, the religious people, they had had some trouble with that. It didn't quite make sense. As far as I can tell, if if I was preaching that sermon, I think I would have stopped right there. I'm the living bread. came from heaven. You should have it. I think that would be a good place to end. But thank God Jesus isn't like me. Jesus didn't stop. Jesus says, I am the living bread. I'm the bread that came down from heaven for you to eat. (laughs) And then he says, this bread that I'm talking about, it's my flesh. And it's my blood. Can you say, ew? Now, you and I know, okay, maybe we can... We can arrange this spiritually. Jesus is talking about spiritual things, and and I'm with you on that. We'll get into that. But we need to pay attention to what's happening in the story. As John tells the story, he says that Jesus stands up and said, I'm the bread of life. I have come to give life. And there it is. The promise that God says, not I have come to beat you down. Not I have come to show you your place. Not I have come to show you how bad you are. I have come to give you life. Life, so that you can live. Must I'm the living bread that came down from the living Father, and that bread that I want to give to you. It's my flesh, and it's my blood. Now, probably like most of us, when we read that for the first time, or if we're hearing it for the first time. Those religious leaders said, what? How can he give us his flesh? How can he give us his blood? How in the world can that be something real? Now, pay attention. Jesus does this a lot. If somebody comes up to him and they ask a question, it's... Almost rare where he actually answers their question right out. Sometimes he sees what they're really trying to get to. Sometimes he sees their heart. But most of the times he does not answer their question directly. This is one of those times. He says, I'm going to give you my flesh to eat, my blood to drink. And the religious people say, how in the world is that going to happen? Jesus never explained the how of it. He just said, This is what. This is the what that you're going to have. You're going to see that you can eat of my flesh and you can drink of my blood. And I think there's an important message for us today in that sometimes we feel like we have to understand everything about God before we can experience God fully. If you are waiting to fully understand God, sisters and brothers, guess what? You will always be waiting If you can figure God out, you haven't figured out God. You figured out yourself, maybe, or something else. We can't wait till we have a good idea. We can't wait till we can explain the how of everything before we can actually experience the things of God. And Jesus showed us that he didn't he wasn't concerned to answer the how it was going to work. He wasn't concerned with saying, you want to know how? This is how I'm going to do this and this and this and this. He just said, it's going to happen. It's going to be for you. Friends, you and I, I think our lives are so much more blessed. If we could just learn to say, okay, God, I'm here, and I want to experience what you have for me. I don't have to understand everything. I don't have to know everything that's going on. I don't have to be in the know. I don't have to do or know everything. I'm just here. And I want to experience your presence. I'm not suggesting to you that having the question of how is wrong. Sometimes God does explain things to us. Sometimes God does give us the how. But it seems that more often than not, we're just told, if you would just let me be me and watch how your life is blessed. Let God be God. And let our prayer that we can experience the presence of God, even if we don't understand what's going on. Y'all with me? Now, that sounds easy for a preacher to say. It sounds easy for you to sit down in your pew and say amen to. But it's hard to do because that means you have to do what? You have to be willing to let go of a little control. You have to be willing to let go of your control so that God can take a little more control. Y'all with me? You say that now. Wait till you leave. I don't even want. Why am I going back here? I don't even have my notes up here. You need to be willing to experience God. And when you do, you notice things God is doing more of. Now, you and I, we read this text again. We hear Jesus saying, oh, you can eat in my flesh. You can drink in my blood. Oh, that's not my communion. And we, we, we think that, for the most part, that Jesus has given us an illusion of what happens here when we gather at the table of God and we, we break the bread and we share the cup. Jesus was given us an illustration of what he will do at Holy Communion. But here's what I want you to pay attention to in the Gospel of John. When Jesus is talking about all this flesh eating and blood drinking stuff, it's not happening around that table. It's happening as he's talking to a bunch of religious leaders. Other gospels, they say, yes, he said that at the night he was with his disciples. It's almost like maybe John is kind of telling us, you know what? All that you experience of God doesn't always happen just here. That, yes, you experience God when you are sitting at the table on a Sunday morning. But there are plenty of other times when you can experience God too. It doesn't have to just be here. Do you know that you can worship God the same on Monday like you are doing today? That, in fact, as someone said, if you are not worshiping the same way on Monday as you did on Sunday, then maybe what you were doing on Sunday wasn't worshiping at all. Y'all with me? I'm not making you mad, am I? That song we sang, I see glory on their face. I don't see a whole lot of glory on everybody's face. See, Jesus says this bread, living bread that I'm offering to you is so that you can have life because that's what I want for you. I want you to have life. And when you receive what I am offering to you, you have life. Just as sure as I was sent from the living father, Jesus says, when you take of my body and of my blood, I am there with you. Whether it's here on a communion Sunday, or tomorrow on a manic Monday, or a terrible Tuesday, or a hump day Wednesday, or any other day of the week. God is there with us. One of you knows that. That's good. That's good. But here's the other thing. You're talking about eating. We've all heard you are what you eat, right? Jesus says you eat this bread, you're eating me, you drink this blood, you're drinking me. Ew, it sounds weird, but what Jesus is saying is when you learn to make me a part of what you do, ready for this? You become more like me. The more that we experience God, whether it's here on a Sunday morning or any other time, the more we are becoming like Christ. And That's how we have life. That's how we know life. That's how we know what life is when we experience the presence and the power of God. Where have you seen God at work in your life this past week? You'd be amazed at how many times you ask people that question and say, oh, no, because we aren't used to looking for the presence of God. But if we could learn to see all the little things that God is doing around us, we could take in that presence of God more and more. And as we take in the presence of God more, we become more and more like Christ. Now, you're going to amen that. Stay with me. Because you got to remember who Jesus was, you got to remember <laughs> what Jesus did. If we're becoming more and more like Jesus, you know what Jesus did? Anybody know what Jesus did? Yeah. I hear he died on the cross. He was a servant. He whipped them out of church. <laughs> Are you thinking of anybody in particular that we need to? (laughs) Uh See, as we become more and more like Christ, we do more and more things that Christ did. Christ didn't sit still, did he? Christ didn't say, I like you better than I like you. Christ didn't say, well, I'll help you, but you're on your own, buddy. Christ didn't say... Everything that I have is for me. You go figure out your own life. You know what Christ did? Christ went. He went. He went. And he went. And as he went, he came to know people. He came to know people that other people thought were good. He came to know other people that other people thought were not so good. He loved them all the same. He spoke to them all the same. He would heal them all the same. He would share life with them all the same. And if you and I are becoming more and more like Christ, guess what that means we are doing more and more of? It means we're getting up out of these nice, comfortable pews and doing exactly what he did. Where's the amens on that one, sisters and brothers? Huh? I want to read something to you. This was a card that was offered to us. If you don't mind, it's actually addressed to Nasadia and Johnny. Um, I think we, we can understand why. But this family says, We want to thank you for being so kind and loving for all you did to help Jimmy start school. Really, there is not enough words to describe you two. Jimmy says, You are angels of God that were sent down from heaven to help him love you too. God bless, love, Jimmy. Now, I don't know if Jimmy knows this or not, but he just repeated scripture to us. See, Jesus said, I'm the bread of life that came from where? Angels of God that were sent down from heaven. Y'all with me? See, when we start doing the things Jesus did, lives begin to change. Not just your own, but all those people we come across. Sometimes the change is great. We can see it. It's big. Sometimes it's so small we don't even think it's significant. But nothing we do in the name of Christ is insignificant. If we have experienced the presence of Christ and God has put on our heart to then follow Christ more faithfully, whatever we do with that following that is more like Jesus matters. It matters. It matters. matters. Amen. Amen. So, sisters and brothers, I think we need to pray. Because, well, the truth is, we like the idea, we like how it sounds to become more like Christ, to be closer to Christ. But the actual part of doing what Christ did, we have a little more difficulty with, don't we? But if you have experienced God this morning, and you want to be more like Christ, if you want your relationship with God to be stronger, we want to invite you to pray with us. Now, many of us have found in our experience, there's something meaningful about praying here at the altar. So I'm going to invite you, if you want to be a part of that, to come forward now. Um, But whether you pray up here, whether you pray sitting in your pews, the important thing is, as the people of God, we pray together. So, let's pray. Oh, loving God, we are grateful because you are so good to us. Uh, There's much in our life that we have to be thankful for, so many things that we can call blessings from you. So we thank you, God, for your willingness to love us and to care for us. And we pray that today you would forgive us because even though you are so good and faithful to us, sometimes, Lord, we can be anything but to you. So we ask, Lord, that as we are here at this place and we have experienced your presence, that you would fill our hearts now. That you would remind us the blessing that it is to love you. That you would remind us the blessing that it is to serve you. And that the way we love and serve you is by loving and serving your people. So help us. This moment, God, to indeed become more like you so that you can use our lives to be a blessing in your world. We are excited, God, to think about the good that you can do through our hands, and through our hearts and through our ideas, through our talents. We pray, God, that indeed we could be faithful to you. And God, we pray all these things then in the name of our Lord Jesus, who was teaching each one of us how to live mas when he taught us how to pray this prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever.